Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I am one of your hosts. There are two other hosts that are joining me today, of course. Danielson. What's up, guys? And Anna. Doberdan. So before we start today's episode, I just want to say, like always, we don't run any ads on this show or take any money from any corporations. So if you'd like to help us out, then there's a few ways that you can do that. One of those ways is with Patreon. For only $5 a month or 16 cents a day, you could sign up for the Patreon and get an extra episode a week. Today's Patreon, we are releasing FEMA. Uh, it's a super great episode. We also have others like Clinton Body Count and Dreams. Just make your way on over if you feel like you don't get your fix. We'd be happy to add some more episodes to you every week. Another way to support the show is through merchandise. Just teleport on over to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click on the shop button. Or you can go to theoriesofthethirdkindshop.com. You can see all the merchandise we have for sale, t-shirts, hats, all that good stuff. I just wanted to say that the money we get from Patreon and merchandise sales goes to bettering the show. Also, I know it's tough out there right now, so if you can't afford a shirt or a Patreon membership but you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes, and that helps us out a lot. If you don't want to leave one, though, then that is fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, Ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, space lizard people, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. Also, one last thing. If any of you would like to reach out to us, then you can shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on the contact button, and there you will find our email addresses. Also, on our site, you can click on the voicemail button and leave us a voicemail anonymously with your phone, and we will play that on the show each week. All right, so that's the announcements. So how today's episode will go is that we'll first cover the beginning of Project Serpo, and then we'll dive into the details of it, the entity that they found, then hop back into the Chosen 12 planet Serpo and what happened there and then we'll go over strange facts and findings and then wrap it all up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So Dan would you like to start us off with the beginning of how Project Serpo all got started? I sure will Aaron. So what we are going to discuss today is supposedly the best hidden secret in the history of the human species. So this all starts with an individual named Victor Martinez. This Victor guy, he ran a private email group list. The list comprised of the world's top UFO researchers, around a total of 150 of them. This group of individuals would send emails between one another and use it to look into articles of UFO sightings, aliens, and all those good things. So on November 2nd, 2005, an email sent out to the group got everyone's attention. This email was written by someone claiming to be a retired senior official in the DIA which is the Defense Intelligence Agency. I mean, I've heard of the CIA and the FBI, but I've personally never heard of the DIA. Is this a real thing? Have you guys ever heard of that? I did learn about the DIA while going through this SERPO. And what I found out is, like I said, it's an intelligence agency for the United States federal government. 
Its speciality is in defense and military intelligence. DIA informs national civilian and defense policymakers about the military intentions and capabilities of foreign governments and non-state actors. That's interesting. I mean, I guess they're not as popular as the CIA, FBI, DEA, or any of those guys. All right, back to the email, I guess. So this retired senior official claimed to be in possession of very, very sensitive information. But not only that, they claimed to be the spokesperson for a group of six DIA personnel. They called themselves anonymous. And it's not like the hacking group. It's like uh, just straight up an anonymous. Well, they call themselves Request Anonymous, to be exact. This email would become quite the talk of the UFO research community. A lot of the people in the email group started arguing with one another, debating if it was even true or not. But everyone in the email group did agree on one thing. If this email was true, then it would change human history forever. So let's hop into the email and start discussing what it said. All right. So... The DIA group, known as Anonymous, that we just mentioned, started off the email saying this. First, let me introduce myself. My name is Request Anonymous. I am a retired employee of the U.S. government. I won't go into great details about my past, but I was involved in a special program. As for Roswell, it occurred, but not like the storybooks tell. There were two crash sites. One southwest of Corona, New Mexico, and the second site at Polona Peak, south of Datil, New Mexico. The crash involved two extraterrestrial aircrafts. The Corona site was found a day later by the archaeology team. This team reported the crash site to the Lincoln County Sheriff's Department. A deputy arrived the next day and summoned a state police officer. One live entity, known as an EBE, which is an abbreviation for extraterrestrial biological entity, was found hiding behind a rock. The entity was given water but declined food. The entity was later transferred to Los Alamos. The information eventually went to Roswell Army Airfield. The site was examined and all evidence was removed. The bodies were taken to Los Alamos National Laboratory because they had a freezing system that allowed the bodies to remain frozen for research. The craft was taken to Roswell and then onto Wright Field, Ohio. The second site was not discovered until August 1949 by two ranchers. They reported their findings several days later to the sheriff of Catron County, New Mexico. Because of the remote location, it took the sheriff several days to make his way to the crash site. Once at the site, the sheriff took photographs and then drove back to Detail. Sandia Army Base, Albuquerque, New Mexico, was then notified. A recovery team from Sandia took custody of all evidence, including six bodies. The bodies were taken to Sandia Base, but later transferred to Los Alamos. The live entity established communications with us and provided us with the location of its home planet. Now, before we read off the rest of the email, let's go over what happened with this alien entity. So like the email said, in July 1947, Two separate spaceships crashed that day, the famous one known as Roswell and the other less famous one. But out of these two crashes, there is only one survivor. Both the EBE and the craft's wreckage were taken to the secure Los Alamos military base, the being being named EBE, 
which as we said earlier, was an abbreviation for extraterrestrial biological entity. So the government was like, what the f*** do we do with this being? Well, they decided to build a special holding center for it deep inside the secure base of the Los Alamos Laboratory in New Mexico. So, you guys, I was able to get the coordinates for this special underground secure base. You know what that means, right? It's Montauk time! Uh-oh. Is it Montauk time? Oh, it's Montauk time. So, so everybody hop in your chairs because we're going on a trip. By the way, if this is your first time hearing what our Montauk chairs are, basically they're pretty much chairs that Danielson and Bigfoot built. All praise Bigfoot. It allows us to travel back in time to visit anywhere. We use these chairs to help you listeners and us get a better understanding of our topic. Anyways, now that we got that covered, uh, I need y'all to set your dates on your chairs to December 25th, 1949. On the location dial, it should have a knob that says Deep Underground Secret Base in Los Alamos uh, Laboratory in New Mexico. Uh, It... That dial redirects to the actual coordinates that I found. Anyways, everyone ready? Ready, Freddy. Hold on, wait. Anna, who's this? Oh, okay. I was going to try to have it as a surprise, but... All right, this is my friend Cody. Uh, I blindfolded him. I told him not to talk, but I kind of promised him a ride on the Montauk chair. Uh, you kidnap somebody? Well, not really. He came willingly, but I told him that this is secret shit, so he can't really see what we do until we get there. So for now, I told him silence, because he can't mess up and create some sort of butterfly effect that didn't happen before. So he just has to sit in a chair. I know there's a dual seat feature. I pressed it, seat popped open, and it said, ready for Cody. So. Oh. There's even a well, the, a section. The seat is spoken. It has. It's got his ball imprint ready for him to sit on. <laughs> I really customize these chairs. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, yeah, he's just going to hop in with us, travel real quick, and he won't say anything. I promise. Okay. All good. All right. Everybody ready? All right, Cody, squeeze close. All right. And go. All right, is everyone okay? Yeah, I'm good, but I I can't lie, I feel a little bad. I don't have any presents for you guys now that it's officially Christmas. Well, I don't really know what to say to that, but it's okay. I don't have any presents for you guys either. I'm always prepared. I didn't come prepared. Lucky for you guys, uh, Bigfoot gave me, you know, pieces of his hair to give to both of you. Oh, nice. I will cherish that. All right, guys, you see that? That's right. We are standing at the end of this long-ass tunnel in a secret underground base in Los Alamos Laboratory. And in front of us is a completely metal, highly secure locked door. And as you can see, we're the only ones here. But why is that? Well, you know, I figured uh, the best day to come here would be on Christmas. Everyone is off and the alien is left alone in this underground room right in front of us. So... 
Do we knock or do we just go in? Okay, are you just gonna put Cody in the corner while we while we do all this, while we open this door? Like, where's Cody going? So I'm gonna put the shield up in the Montauk chair to protect him and also keep him in. He's not like being detained or anything. I just, it's just for his safety. So we'll just go on our mission. He'll watch from afar. But do either of you have a key? I might. Let me see if I can find one. La 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 la. Did I hit the key? Oh my god. <laughs> Dad joke. Bad joke. I do not have a key. I don't think I installed uh, a key set or lock picking in the Montauk chair, unfortunately. Okay, so how do we get in this room then? Uh, I mean. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> It's fun to stay at the YMCA. That was the key. Who puts that as the lock combination? Someone who really likes men in uniform. <laughs> My God. <laughs> All I right. Mean, you think about it, EBE, the only people he's seen are people in uniform. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Dang. This room is very small. The only thing in here is the padded white walls, and oh my god, there he is. You guys see that? What the hell? Alright, you you guys say, say something to him. Hey, it's okay little guy, come here. Dan, speak some languages to him. I love Bigfoot. Ah, shit. I totally forgot to bring my alien translator. Did uh, either of you bring yours? No, normally I'm good at knowing the language, but I don't recognize this dialect. I have mine. You have yours? I think right. so. Translate what he just said. He said, F you, turd mag. Ooh. Okay, I don't think that's what he said. Your translator's <laughs> broken. Your translator's <laughs> broken. Intruder alert. Intruder alert. Oh shit, we need to go guys. We need to head back to our chairs right now. Stop and don't move a muscle or you'll be shot. Oh shit. Uh, Dan, Aaron, what are we gonna do? All right guys, calm down. I got this. Just occupy them for a second. What the fuck? Whoa, what the fuck? Where the hell did Bigfoot come from? Yeehaw, Bigfoot, let's go. Let's ride. Holy shit, Dan is riding Bigfoot. Alright, guys, the way is clear. Let's get the hell out of here. Whoa, uh, thank you, Bigfoot. I mean, I, I don't I don't even really know what to say. What, what an honor to meet you, Mr. Future President. What the? Where did he go? Let's hurry up and get out of here before more guards come. Uh, are you all ready to go, Anna? You got Cody. He's all tied back up. Yeah, got a seatbelt in. He's good to go. All right. Why'd you add a ball gag to his mouth? He asked for it. Seems a little unnecessary, but okay. It's your your prisoner or whatever yeah, he is. Your friend. And he asked me to. He asked me to call him Daddy too. Oh. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, and go.
Whew. I'm always glad to be back in the studio. So let's talk about that alien we just encountered and discuss what happened to him. So like we said in, in July 1947, he was taken to an underground secret base and held there by government officials. EBE never got upset or angry with his captivity, even though he wasn't able to communicate there for a little while because he had no vocal cords and he also spoke a tonal language. However, he was a very intelligent being and picked up English very quickly uh, from all the military personnel talking to him and who were in charge of him. What I'm curious about is what the f*** did those guards talk to this alien about? What do you talk to an alien about? Hey, how's it going? Where are you from? Psh, do, you, do you know, like the village people? <laughs> yes. What is your planet's theme song? Oh, YMCA. Okay, got it. Oh, that's probably it. So since he was able to establish communications with these government officials, he provided them with lots of information such as the location of his home planet and even helped many elite officials with their studies and their questions. He also explained to these officials that their vessels were able to travel to and from points in time with ease. He said that their technology is thousands of years ahead of ours, which made the crashed vessels that were found super hard to decipher and reverse engineer, so the EBE decided to help them out with that also. He provided a full explanation of the items found inside the two crafts. One of the items was a communication device. The entity was allowed to make contact with his planet, but no one from his planet communicated back to him. Do you, you think his planet was like, let's leave that big head there. Nobody <laughs> contacted him back. Anyways, I just thought of that. I thought that was funny. It's probably one of those things where you do get left behind. If you get caught by the humans, we can't save you because they can't know that we exist. Ooh, that's one of the intergalactic councils agreements that you got to go by. Yes, you shall not be saved. You take your own risk to go to Earth, but you may die there because people are irrational. We got the motto, no man left behind, but they got the motto, all aliens <laughs> left behind. Yes. <laughs> all right, so... The entity remained alive until 1952, when he died. So according to the email, following the death of the entity, the government continued to reverse engineer items that the en entity had explained to them. So you guys remember that communications device that the entity used to try to get in contact with his home planet? Yeah, the one that they were like, nope, we ain't answering you. Yep, <laughs> got the busy tone when he called. Well. In true government fashion, they reverse-engineered that device. This is where it got complicated, supposedly. So the government had to figure out a way to communicate with these beings. They thought, so if these things are smart enough to space travel, then they should be smart enough to decipher our language and send us a message back. So the government sent them a message, and sure enough, the entity sent one back. It was in broken English, but still understandable. This started the communication between the United States officials and the entities on this other planet. Of course, like we mentioned, the beings on this planet were called the Ebens. They said in their message they wished to retrieve their fallen pilots. The U.S. military agreed and said that they had kept their fallen comrades in biological storage but have done some studies on them. Do you think the officials were like, ooh, we kind of dissected them a little bit? Yeah, we can send you them back, but they're not going to be in one whole body. Uh-oh. 
So they kept talking and the side started to propose a bizarre exchange program. So this exchange program would send 12 American military members back home with the Ebens and the Ebens would leave a single being with the American government throughout the exchange program. Both sides agreed to it and in April of 1964, at a top secret base in New Mexico, the Ebens landed to do the exchange. Before we talk about the journey of those 12 going to Planet Serpo, let's discuss how the government picked those people, the chosen 12. There were 12 military members who make up the crew for the mission. Two members each from the Navy and Army ranks, along with eight members of the U.S. Air Force. Each of the 12 crew would have their identity erased from all records, both civilian and military. They literally ceased to exist overnight. Even after selection, the 12 crew would undergo six months of intensive, invasive, and secretive training. This would also include learning how to use the communication device so that they could be in constant contact with Earth. The exchange program mission would last 10 years, which they would then return to Earth. So like we talked about earlier, the exchange was scheduled to occur at Holloman Air Force Base on April 24, 1964, and had approval from President John F. Kennedy. So two even spaceships landed as planned. A group of American government personnel greeted them. Then the 12 American astronauts prepared to embark on their adventure. But for some reason, the exchange got postponed. The Ebens retrieved the remains of their dead comrade, or the parts of him, and then left, totally ignoring the government officials. <laughs> do you think? Motherfuckers. Do you think they were standing around and they were all like excited, right? They were standing around and they were like, had their hand out ready to shake their hand, and they just walk right past them, look at their guys, and seeing that they're all dissected, and they're like, fucking, no, gather them up, we're leaving. We're not doing this exchange program. They get back on their ship and they take off, but the government officials don't know what they said. So you know the government officials are like, oh, they're fucking pissed. So you know for like, how long was it? Like almost a year. Yeah, from April 1964, and they didn't return until July 1965. You know, you know that the government officials were sending apology text messages back to them. Hey, we're really sorry about what happened. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. However, the Ebens returned in July 1965 and picked up their passengers. So what happened to the crew? What did they experience? Well, let's jump right into that. The journey to the Ebens' home, which was called Planet Serpo, would be a long one for the astronauts. It was some 40 light years away. But since the Ebens were so advanced, it only took them 10 months to get to Planet Serpo. During space travel, the humans decided to eat Eben food, which they disliked a lot because they said it tasted like paper. Over the nine months of travel in the spaceship, the astronauts explored the spacecraft and were able to communicate with Earth. Unfortunately, one American had some kind of accident and died on the trip. So after 10 months, they finally reached planet Serpo. When the spacecraft landed and the Americans disembarked, they received quite a positive welcome. A large number of Ebens were present to greet them, and an Eben female spokesperson spoke to them in fluent English. Twice now that we've had female figures taking lead. This one here, and when we talked about um, 
going to the Saturn's moon, Titan, and the woman was the supervisor of two men. It's the future. I'm telling you, they're the leaders. All right, moving on. The astronauts were overwhelmed with the brightness of the two suns. It was about 107 degrees, and they were all in great discomfort due to that heat, which remained a problem for them during their entire stay on the planet. The Americans expected to stay on Serpo for 10 years. As it turns out, due to their confusion with their calendars, they stayed 13 years. It was difficult to keep track of days and times since the planet had two suns. It never got completely dark. One day on even lasted 40 hours as opposed to R24. During their stay on Serpo, the Americans learned what they could about the history of the evens. The population of Serpo at the time of the visit was about 650,000 and all were evens. There was no other race or species on the planet other than the evens. The astronauts learned about the evens' religious beliefs and technology. It seemed they lived fairly primitively for a culture that also had advanced technology. Specifically, Ebens had anti-gravity vehicles they used for ground transportation. After a few years, the Americans moved to the northern part of the planet where it was cooler, and they were able to grow food more to their liking. They had taken with them food to last for more than two years, but when it ran out, they had to eat Eben food, which they never really learned to like. Due to radiation exposure, two of the members of the expedition died while on Serpo. Could you imagine dying on a different planet? I mean, you're born on Earth, and then you die on another. That is kind of cool in some sort of way. How many people could say, Oh yeah, man, I'm on Serpo. I'm from Earth, but I'm going to die soon. But I could tell you, I'm one of few people who have lived on two planets, or at least from our knowledge, who have lived on two planets and died on a separate one to what I was born. Like, how many astronauts have died on the moon? None. None. How many died traveling to the moon? A lot more. God, that's sad. So the the Ebens had bases on a nearby planet known as Otto, but it was otherwise barren and lifeless. Another celestial body in their system, Silas, provides mining for minerals, which was key to their survival. While it contained basic life forms, they were not intelligent. All of the Evens food came from large biodome-like structures, which they would grow and harvest themselves. They were the only intelligent life on the planet, and while the other animal life forms did exist, the Evens did not associate them with food. The Evens themselves would most often live in small communities relatively spread out from each other. While order very much existed within these communities, crime was not an issue, nor was money. Distribution centers existed in places of shops with goods and produce issued upon request. Not all aspects were different, however. The family unit, as we know, it exists among the Evens, as does the desire for entertainment, music, and team games. Two Americans liked life on Serpos so much, they decided to stay there. The remaining astronauts returned home in 1978 and the government quarantined them for an entire year. During that time, they had many debriefings, which resulted in a 3,000-page report. They were then allowed to go back to their normal lives. Little is known about their lives since, except the last surviving one died in 2002. There has been no communication with Ebens on Serpo since 1985, so it is not known what happened to the Americans who chose to stay on the planet. 
That is the story of Project Serpo. It is strange, yet super intriguing to say the least. But, is there any truth to this story? So we did some digging, and let's hop into some strange facts and findings. So the first strange fact and finding that we're going to talk about is what's called the Yellow Book, okay? So another interesting thing in this email was that this anonymous group brought up what was called a quote-unquote yellow and red book. So we're going to read off the email that describes what both books are. The Yellow Book was provided by the Evans. It isn't exactly a book. It is a block of material approximately two and a half inches thick and transparent in nature and appearance. The reader looks at the transparent surface and suddenly words and pictures appear. It is an endless series of historical stories and photographs of our universe, the Evans planet and their former homeworld, and other interesting stories about the universe. It also contains a historical story and various accounts about Earth's history and distant past. To this day, we are one of very few people who have actually seen the Yellow Book. The Red Book was written by the United States government. It contains volumes of information we have gathered regarding our contacts with extraterrestrial life forms. The first volume begins in 1947. The last volume started in 2005. What actually occurs is that as UFO reports come in deemed credible by the reporting government agency, be it military or civilian, they are routed to a special section of our government for a follow-up analysis. After that vetting process, they are then sent to a special group, which then places it into final review for possible inclusion into the Red Book. We have served as the editors for several editions of the Red Book and have written and delivered the executive summary for several sitting U.S. presidents. I mean, I would like to see the Yellow Book. Yeah, that sounds very intriguing. I'm not really big into history. I mean, I like reading about stuff, but like I think with something like a yellow book or learning about a different species on a different planet, I would love to learn everything I could about them. Everything. Is that because we are aliens and so we're more interested in history of that part of our lineage I want, than... I want to know the galactic history. Can you imagine if us three were abducted by aliens and they're like, okay, guys, look. Uh, you're not that smart. We're going to send you through alien galaxy school and they sit us in a room, right? And it's us three as like full grown adults, aliens from men in black all inside there. They're like little babies and they're extremely smarter than us. And they're like, give us a square root of 8,766,000. You'd see my brain just start smoking from my ears. I'm trying to do the math in my head. (laughs) We could not even fathom. Our brain could not handle what is needed to know what truly happens outside of even our uh, gal- our solar system. That is why we would never know. I mean, we're still primitive. I mean, look what we did with Corona. We went and got all the toilet paper. It makes no sense. None at all. And then the fact like where I live, we're seeing a second spike where numbers are higher than they were in the first outbreak. It's like, Jesus, you guys, how hard was it to just follow some rules? Yeah. All right. So this next strange fact I'm finding we have is about Ronald Reagan. I I tried digging for any proof to this. 
And the only proof that we somewhat found was this. So, Anna, do you want to start us off? Between March 6th to March 8th of 1981, the CIA director, William Casey, had a secret briefing with then-President Ronald Reagan. Director Casey provided Reagan with information about a secret exchange program. Reagan, of course, had quite a few questions, but he was told his questions would be answered at an additional briefing session. I have actually heard, and I know we've talked about doing an episode on it, but a connection between aliens and presidents. Like, there's several presidents who have said that they are they were interested in aliens, and Ronald Reagan was one of them. I think Carter might have been another. Bill Clinton was one. They're all... I thought most of them were Republicans, though, because they were like the Republicans control the military, and the military is who talks with the aliens, um, or who would have the most communication with the aliens. There's more Republicans in charge. And so I believe they said when Obama took office, they didn't want to tell him anything about it because he wasn't a Republican. Mm. I might be mistaken, but uh, it was I didn't dig deep in it, into it because it's not our topic yet, but it was something that caught my eye and I thought was really good. It is interesting. I haven't heard of that type of theory. So how do we know about the secret meeting that occurred? Well, supposedly, and I say supposedly because all I found was people speculating and couldn't find the actual documents themselves, and I searched for them, but supposedly the transcript of that meeting was found. I think it could be plausible that Reagan wanted info on UFOs. He mentioned a lot about his belief in UFOs and his high regard for Steven Spielberg. He even invited Spielberg to the White House for a special screening of the movie E.T., that was released in June of 1982. So, I mean, it's, it's plausible. There seems to be a connection with directors and space things. If we think about how Stanley Kubrick, yeah, was connected to possibly Apollo 11, the moon landing, uh, and that he confessed this through his movies. I don't know, maybe there's some inner workings that we don't know about with directors who get ideas for movies through things they learn about the government, like Minority Report or The Matrix or those ones that really make you think and you're like, this is, this is a message someone's trying to warn us. Yeah. Now, when we're talking about theories, you remember when it was said that it had approval from JFK? That made me think, do you think the reason JFK was off was because he knew about this secret program and was one of the very few who knew about it? And he was about to out the people or about to out the program itself. I mean, that certainly could have been one avenue. I mean, we know about, I mean, we haven't gotten into this yet, but like the curse of the family. Um, it could have just been going with the curse. Something <sighs> bad was going to happen to him eventually. He told his family. Maybe he told and his family passes that oh. down to everybody. And that's why they had to off all of his family because all of his family knew all the information. And they've been searching for maybe he had some stuff hidden of like some proof. Do you think maybe that's why recently some people have died in his family? Maybe. A woman and her son. Yeah, like a granddaughter. A kayaking her, trip. Went kayaking, yeah, and they got drowned by the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how smooth that was. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, that was one theory. Another one is, of course, 
this is all fake and made up to start like the discrediting of a crazy conspiracy theorist, right? I mean, you mentioned aliens. I mean, I think aliens is becoming more mainstream, but back then in 2005, I don't think aliens was as mainstream as it is. I mean, it seemed like it goes in waves, right? You have E.T. and all that. You have the big waves of aliens then, and then it dipped back down like Roswell, and then it dipped down, and then it came back up with Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Then it dipped back down, and then it came back up with E.T., and then it dipped back down, and it's like it goes in waves of when is when is it acceptable. Do you think this is like another movement for the government to kind of be like, hey, let's push this out as a way to discredit any conspiracies at all? I think it could be a desensitization thing, desensitizing us to aliens in waves, because if you bombard us with a bunch of information, you're going to freak people out. But if you're like, oh, there's an alien sighting or a UFO sighting, and then it kind of like, oh, you hype it up and then this disappears do it over and over, it just becomes like everything else in life where you're like, oh, yeah, there was another UFO sighting over in New York above the Empire State Building. Eh. Yeah. Another thing I wrote down was Wag the Dog. Do you think maybe this was released in 2005 because the government wanted attention taken away from all the bombings and stuff that they were doing on civilians in the Iraq and Afghanistan war? Because you got to think how many civilians were killed over there. A lot. A lot. And we don't talk about it anymore, so it's like fading away. But that's that's all I had on that. But I, I love this story. I thought we had to cover it. I love Project Serpo. I, even if it is fake, I mean, it is such a good read. It, it's fun to think about. It, it's something that, I mean, I would want it to be real. Would you guys want it to be real? Oh, yeah. yeah. I want there to be life other than ours i don't think that there isn't there has to be intelligent life we are not the the smartest things that have come from this beautiful what is the biggest of everything universe galaxy what is the biggest universe okay like you said i need to upgrade my hard drive i got useless information in there <laughs> we need to go together and, and upgrade our hard drives <laughs> yes but then we're gonna end up with an rfid chip and be a part of the New World Order. Boom. Put a Neuralink thing in your head. Then you would have all those capabilities to think about anything and you'd find information for it. Have probably unlimited storage. Oh, no. They would make it to where you'd have to upgrade your chip. So you have to keep coming back to pay for it because that's how they work. Yeah. Be like um, what, South Park where they put the chip in Cartman's head so he can't, they pretty much censors him. That's how I'd figure to be like. Anytime you go to try to say anything that's confidential. Shit. Yeah, the conspiracy theorists would really disappear. All right. Any of y'all got anything you want to add before we wrap today's episode up? Any theories or anything at all? Yeah, I mean, that was great learning about that. It's To me, it's kind of crazy to think that was the first alien encounter as far as talking with our government or dealing with people of the human race. But maybe it was the first time for the Ebens to have done it. And maybe they're closer to our next evolutionary development than, like, say, the Greys. Like, the Greys could have a negative energy about them. And the Ebens were very good people. So how there's always a good and evil to things. They're the ones maybe protecting us from Greys. I'm just thinking as I'm talking as I'm thinking now, but... 
It was good. I loved it. This was an awesome topic. I love anything aliens. Yeah, me too. I mean, I am a huge skeptic of it all, but I, but I do believe there there has to be some other life forms out there. I mean, honestly, it sounds like just reading the story. It sounds awesome. And if you made that into a movie, I'd sit there and watch this shit. Oh, yeah, I would watch it, too. Absolutely. All right. So I guess that's it for today's episode. Uh, we're going to move on to voicemails. So let me pull up the voicemail list. This first voicemail we have is from Avery, and we're going to play that right now. Hey, guys, my name's Avery. I've been listening to the podcast for a little while now, and I am so happy that season two came out because now that we have more consistency with the host, with Anna, who is absolutely fantastic, I love her theories and the uh, thoughts that she brings into the group, and I'm really happy that everyone's here. Um, I was hoping you guys could do a episode on like theories of reality or like life or like meaning of life. I don't know, anything kind of surrounding that. Um, like with the DNT episode of different realities within that versus like what is the real one or there's multiple universe uh, theories surrounding that also. Or even in the last episode, Anna was talking about Hemisync, which I have never researched into before, but seems really cool. Um, so yeah, hope you guys are having a great day and thanks for being awesome. Thank you, Avery. Uh, I agree. I love the consistency with the show now. I'm loving season two. I'm glad you're loving it too. Uh, thank you for the love and the suggestions. I was cheering behind my screen over here when you started saying that you wanted to hear stuff about multiverses and um, light, talking about what life is. My head is filled with what are we? Where'd we come from? What is the Mandela effect? Why did I just have deja vu? I'm not... That like I never stopped thinking about what we are. So I love hearing that that topic interests you because we are a hundred percent diving into that sometime. Thank you so much for the voicemail. All right. So now we're going to move on to voicemail. So we'll play that right now. Hi, this is Lola Sweets and my husband, Daddy Sweets. We are so grateful for all the hard work that you guys do to make these podcasts come to life. We are super big fans. We listen to you guys on the daily and we just want to thank you for all that you guys do to bring all these topics to life and to help people open their minds. Y'all are awesome. If I could choose just one podcast, it would be this one. Absolutely. We absolutely love you guys. And um, if you guys could work on some more topics, I would say maybe some more alien stuff. There are some niches within the alien topic that you guys have not touched. Like um, some experiences that I had growing up and in my early adulthood where I had abduction experiences and implanted pregnancies. Um, They were positive experiences, but there's something that people don't talk about 
um, but it's like a thing and it happens. It's the hybrid experiments that happen. Um, Recording hit its minute 30 second limit. I'm sorry about it cutting off on you, but thank you for the voicemail. Thank both of you. I love both of you so much. I'm guessing you're going to be ecstatic for today's episode. With, I mean, it's all about aliens, but alien impregnation is something we have to cover too because I hear it's fairly common. I didn't know it was common, so that's news to me. So I'll, it'll be a learning experience for me when we go over that topic. Oh, yeah. Thank you for the suggestion. Yes, thank you for the voicemail. Yeah, thank you, and we love you so much, and it means a lot that you said all those kinds of words, words to us, and uh, I love you. All right, so this next voicemail is from Hans. Our man Hans. So we're going to play that right now. Yo, you already know who it is. Come on now, don't act like it's not my first time calling. First time caller, long time listener. It's your boy Hans. So let's just keep it real here. Going to give you like an honest voicemail at first. Love the content, guys. Love the Patreon. Love the merch. That blue t-shirt really made my day. I love that you brought on... Anna, who does lots of research, and I mean, like, you guys, you know, are subpar to her research, because her research, by God, it's like mental masturbation, and my brain just, it releases all this euphoric feeling, and I just almost crash my vehicle every day. Anyways, to keep it per Hans, uh, y'all do really good, by the way, you two, Aaron and Daniel, so to keep it per usual, Daniel, keep being sexy, because you're beautiful little human being. Anna, if you could just speed bag my nuts, hit it like a speed bag, be awesome. And Aaron, if I could just spread you like an accordion. And we have that scene from Ghost, except, you know, you're like right behind me as I'm making my pottery. Oh my God. Woo. Make my day. But for real, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Bigfoot 2020 and fuck Texas. This place sucks. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Fuck Texas. That place does suck. I just left there, dude. It's like coronavirus state. You need to leave, Hans. Come up north. Come up to Maine. You can stay with me. Dude, when you listen to the FEMA episode, you're going to want to get out of Texas. I'm telling you. Get the fuck out of there while you're still alive. Oh, no. Port Aransas was very nice, though, Aaron. It was, but it's got nothing on Maine, dude. I agree. Can't wait to come back up to camp. Come on up. You're welcome up anytime. But anyways, I can't Hans, wait to see it. thank you. I love you and your voice. I just want you to like call us up and leave us voice mails of you narrating stuff. You know, our infield reporter, Hans, questioning people if they've been abducted. Just walk up to a random person oh, yeah. with your phone on and be like, hey, this is Hans, infield reporter. Have you been abducted? And I just want to see what the people say. Hans, I've been waiting. And waiting for my shout out from you. And you were not short on my expectations of your amazingness. Come over here and bring them balls over. I'll speedball them. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, dude, no, honestly, you're great. I love talking to you on Twitter. Keep talking. Keep sending your sweet messages in. We love getting them. Yeah, definitely for sure. Thank you for the voicemail. Thank you for the kind words. Always bringing laughter to the show. Love mm -hmm. it. Yep. And I'm going to try to stay sexy. It's a full-time job, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, shaving all that hair is full time. Yes, it is. That's why Bigfoot likes me. All right. So this last voicemail for this week is from an individual named Nick. I don't think we've ever gotten a voicemail from this person before, but I've listened to this voicemail almost 100 times. So we're going to play that one right now. Hi, my name's Nick, and this is my Bigfoot story. So, one night, like every other night, I was coming home with my poodle. It was about around 10 o'clock, and I was kind of tired, you know. So I came home, and I was with the bed with my poodle. And about five, ten minutes later, there was some wrestling outside, so I got up, checked. And what happened was I, I walked out there. I didn't just see Bigfoot. I saw Big Dick. So I dropped my drawers and said, Come on, you Big Dick. Show me what you can do. And he 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 did. He did some stuff to me. Mm, never, never got my ass eaten better than ever than that day. Mm. Oh, baby. Kind of getting hot right here. Well, I got to go. Got to go back to work. Love the podcast. Bye-bye. He was like a mix of Leslie Jordan and (laughs) Herbert or whatever from Family Guy. That's exactly what I thought. I got some popsicles down in the basement. Jesus. Come on over, Chris. Well, I'm sorry uh, about... Well, I don't know if you want me to be sorry. It sounded like you enjoyed it, but uh, that's what Bigfoot is all about. You know, he's all about just being there for you when you need him. Creating pleasure in any avenue desired. Any. Nick, uh, awesome voicemail, man. Love you. But you're going to have to contact me because I'm going to have to have you sign a confidentiality forms. You know, <laughs> for, for, you know, certain reasons. Yes. We want Bigfoot to have a good image going into this campaign. Yeah, but I mean, from the sounds of it, though, you know, he has helped his people, you know, definitely doing what he can for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. Th- thank you, dude. Yes, thank you, Nick. Leave more voicemails. We really appreciate it. <laughs> That's all the voicemails for this week. Uh, now we're going to move on to ratings and reviews. So, let's see. All right, so the first review we have this week comes from Suzy Q 872 It was left on May 16th. It is five stars. The subject line that reads, this podcast is awesome. She goes on to say, this podcast is awesome. No. You're awesome, Susie Q. Thank you for the five stars and for the love. We love you. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. This next one is from George X3Cool. It was left on May 17th, five stars, titled Nice. I started listening to this podcast yesterday in the morning. It's great. Gave us 100%. Thank you. Appreciate that, George X3Cool. Yes, thank you. We love you and you're 100%. That's right. 100%. Much love. The next one we have is from Abs Powers from the U.S. Left on May 17th. Titled Awesome with Five Stars. I love each and every one of the hosts, their commentary, humor, and the whole vibe of the group. Please don't ever stop doing podcasts, great topics, and a lot of info. Nice. Thank you, Abs. Thank you so much. All right. The next one is from Mamba3355. It was left on May 18th. It is five stars with a subject line that reads, Review. They go on to say, Great show. I feel the vibes from it, and it's relaxing to listen to. Y'all all got good personalities and great with the info, with also a little joking. Love from Texas. Well, I just came from Texas, 
So I hope you're doing good down there. Thank you for the review and stay safe away from the corona as the second wave uh, flows through the entire state. And I love you. Be careful. Very careful. Thank you so much. Much love. Much love. This next one is from C2 the Rona from Australia on May 19th. Uh, it's titled Ripa. Hello. Great podcast. I've tried a few conspiracy paranormal podcasts. They just gave me a headache. I find you all to be very factual, non-opinionated, and fun to listen to. I'd imagine a lot of effort goes into one episode that you all do. Effort goes into one episode that you all do for the love of it. Great work, and keep them coming, Dan. Wait, no, keep them coming, Dan. Do we have the same name? We are awesome. Oh. Thank you so much. Appreciate the love. Gotta love Australia. Hope you guys are doing okay after all that, those fires. Thank you for the review, Dan from Down Under. This next review, I'm sorry if I mis- mispronounced this. I have no clue how to pronounce this at all. And I know I'm going to get blasted for it. Editor essay from the US, left on May 19th, titled Great Show with Five Stars. I usually like single host podcasts because they're more organized but I listen to everything these guys have in one week. They let each other talk, staying respectful with each other's opinions, so it's not a mess like many multi-host shows. I love all of the topics that are covered and that the hosts offer their own ideas regarding the conspiracy after the topic has been covered. Thanks for the good show. Thank you for that comment. Thank you, Edoresi. We appreciate your kind words. Thank you. I love you. Much love. All right, this next, uh, this next review is from, T- is from DTBNC from Canada, left on May 20th. They give us five stars with a subject line that reads, Batman from Canada. They go on to say, Love you guys. My eyes are opened a little more now. Keep doing what you guys do and smoke weed every day. Nice. I like that. I like that. DTBNC. Thank you for the five stars. Thank you for the review. I love you, Batman from Canada. Smoke weed every day. (laughs) That's all I can hear here. Thank you. You know that ain't changing. Appreciate the love, Batman. So this next one comes in from Suicide BPTS from the United States on May 20th, titled Amazing, gave us five stars. I love this podcast. I first started listening to this when Ghost Stories 3 came out, and I loved it, and went back and listened to every single episode. I love this show. SM? What's that? So much. Oh, thanks. I'm apparently getting old. I love this I show so it. much. You're good. Sometimes I click that one did not, but thank you, Suicide BPTS. We appreciate the love. We'll definitely have more ghost stories coming because those are never ending. Yes, thank you, and we love you. Yes, thank you very much. Much love. All right, the next one is a very extremely long review from Nan DJ DNSNE. From the U.S., left on May 21st, titled Love the Show, Five Stars. And it says, wish you guys the best. Nice. Thank you, Nan DJDNSNE. We love you, and I wish you the best. That's right. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so the last review for this week is from Sad Pixel Racer Bro. It was left on May 21st. It is five stars with a subject line that reads, Wonder Why? They go on to say, my reviews don't show up, uh, crying emoji. Well, you wouldn't be the first one that 
the reviews it took them submitting them multiple 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 times for the review to show up for some reason apple podcast doesn't like like us but and what can you do but thank you for the review and i love you much love yeah we appreciate all the reviews you guys send in they help us so much and uh, it gives us great feedback and you guys know that we are all about hearing what you have to say to try to better each and every week uh, for your listening ear holes. Yes. Thank you for all the rev- ratings and reviews. It does mean a lot, like Anna said, and I'm glad we can provide you with this. All right. That's right. So shout outs. Y'all got any shout outs this week? Oh, yeah. So I'm going to shout out my girl, Leanne. She's just awesome. Has a special type of energy about her. She's a good soul on this planet. I super appreciate meeting her and very recently met uh, my new friend, Caitlin, who is my first murderino friend. For those of you who don't listen to my favorite murder, shame on you. But if you know, you know. So stay, stay sexy and don't get murdered, Caitlin. Yeah, I got a few people on Instagram I want to shout out. I want to shout out Wyatt Kneecaps. I want to shout out uh, Haley F. Super cool. Love chatting with you. Also, Kelly G. She lives up near New Hampshire. She's pretty awesome. Uh, Ricardo Aon. Super cool dude. Want to shout you out. Another guy named Aaron who has a really great name, you know. And that's it. That's all I have for this week. If you want to shout out, just holler at me on Instagram. Say, hey, shout out, shout me out and tell me something cool or say this and I'll do it, you know. But thank you for all the love on Instagram. Thank you for all the messages. I love every single one of you. I do have a few for Facebook. I actually got a bunch. I'll try to get through as many. Uh, Let's see. We'll have a from Nick P. You know, man, awesome talking to you on Facebook. Let's see. Then we have uh, Brandon H. You called up. You got a shirt. You said thanks for the shirt. You know, you told me you were going to send poses in those shirts. I'm still waiting on those pictures. But please make sure you wear more than just the shirt. No. He just, told me he was just, just going to have his Speedo on. Just have your dong hanging out, man. It's okay. Let it hang. Then uh, Sabrina B. She hasn't left the actual view yet, but she did type one up. She's like, hi, triple awesomeness of theories of the third kind, despite a start by saying, I wish that it were possible for there to be a new episode every day because your topic materials are fucking amazing. I can't stop listening. Jesus, I love all of it. Best thing that I've come across in I don't know how long. I have the attention span of a two-year-old and I have my entire life. Still today in my early 40s, I have a terrible time remembering to take a pill on a daily basis when trying to complete a prescription of medication. But your podcast, on the other hand, I get. So excited I almost can't sleep the night before the new one's air i cannot get enough love your brilliant question everything genius minds i hope your podcast airs for years to come you know and a little bit more but she says since she hasn't left it on itunes that we could use it so i just wanted to give her a shout out for her kind words and pretty much an encouragement yeah thank you if you know anybody that will pay for us a full-time editor we can kick out an episode every day you know or every other day and just give it to the full-time editor and let him edit it and him publish it that would be awesome, right? It but, could be a I girl, mean, yeah. not just a he. You need to be more inclusive, sir. Sorry, sorry, it's an automatic. I'm sorry, it could be the editor, they. Never it, they. They. 
It's aliens could be the editor. Have you ever read a book called A Child Called It? Yes, I have. It's the saddest book ever. Did you read the sequel it to it? I own all of them. Yeah, it's sad. I love them. It's yeah, very sad series. Okay, sorry. Uh, let's see the next one. I'll give a shout out to so to our buddy Jake P. You know who you are, Jake. You know, dude, you're always hitting me up on Facebook, sending me stuff. I do like the meditating Bigfoot picture that you sent me. That shit was funny. I want it. But uh, it's always good talking to you on there, man, and o- always sending us links and stuff to some crazy shit to talk about. Then uh, uh, Lola Sweets, she did leave us a Facebook message as well. You know, Theories of the Third Kind is a podcast that is smart, fun, and mind-expanding. Me and my husband found you guys around the first of the year, and you guys carried us through the COVID crisis. Thanks so much for keeping our minds occupied instead of in fear as the media wants us to be. I would highly recommend this podcast to anyone and everyone. We super love each of the cast as if they were our own friends. Keep doing what you guys do. You are important and needed in these days. Love and light, Lola Sweets. Well, thank you, Lola. I love you. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me for now. There's so many. I know there are. I'm like trying to look through all my screens right now. I always forget to write them down. Um, I wanted to shout out Rachel Peterson on Facebook. Uh, I appreciate your message and talking to me about your experience becoming um, aware of astral traveling and the scenario that led to you feeling like you had to explore into it more. I always find that when you meet random people, uh, they are you're meant to meet everybody for a reason, but sometimes you meet somebody that says one thing to you that completely changes everything for you. And so I love that you had that moment. Um, appreciate the conversation. Keep sending messages. Jackie, you're awesome. Uh, the Illuminati Pizzagate card that you sent me was really good. Um, have I, sh- I didn't show that to you boys. Did, or did I send that in a picture? Yeah, yeah you sent it. Yeah, I didn't remember that one from the episode, but she really liked that episode. Well, I apologize if I missed anybody, but you guys have been giving me loads of love on Twitter and I super appreciate it. And I'm trying to re- remember to go to Facebook because to be honest, guys, I don't even use Facebook personally, so I just don't get on there. But I'm making the effort to go there to respond as much as I can to people messaging on there. For me, everything else is Dan. If you specifically say something to me, then I respond, but everything else is Dan on Facebook. I usually let her know or... She- she finds it herself. Yeah, I'd be creeping. I like seeing what's going on on Facebook. I hear like tumbleweeds going by on Twitter. Like, no one likes Twitter. I don't even. I don't even use Twitter. All right. Thank you, everybody, for all your support and love. Do we have any corrections on the last episode before we roll oh. out? Dude, thanks. I almost forgot. Um. So I noticed that I missaid two names in the Columbine episode, and I felt horrible for it because I didn't catch it. One, I just remember mistakenly saying Eric's name instead of, um, was it Richard or Ricardo? Richard Castaldi, Castaldo. I said that Eric instead of Richard, and then later on, I, I don't remember what the other error was now. Oh, I accidentally called Craig Scott Chris, and... Yeah, I just wanted to apologize for that. Um, I never want to mess up a victim or anything like that. So I'm sorry I didn't catch it, but owning up to it, my bad, you guys. All right. That's the end of today's episode. If you haven't checked out our merch, check out our Patreon if you want more episodes. Uh, I want to thank you for listening to us today. And again, thank you for your support. You are all amazing. 
So with that being said, Dan and Anna, you want to roll us out? It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you're not alone.